you very much. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came tonight. Amen. Uh, I got a couple quick commercials, if that's all right. Amen. Uh, there's a few quick commercials, and, and, and I need your help. Tell the person next to you, he needs your help. <laughs> I need your help tonight. So there's a young lady uh, who she's actually working in the nursery, and the TV's off so she can't hear me. Amen. <laughs> so uh, this young lady uh, is my wife, Erica, and she just had a birthday yesterday. Amen. She was at a birthday yesterday. And so I'm going to ask you that as you leave tonight, go bum rush the nursery and tell her happy birthday. Amen. Amen. She, I met her 15 years ago. Uh, you know, she's been in my life for 15 years. Come on, give the Lord a hand for that. That's awesome. 15 years. I met her 15 years ago when she asked for my number. Amen. It's my story, my mic. Come on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she's been a she's been a, a vital part of my life. Made made my life awesome. And so yesterday she she just turned twenty one. Amen. And so uh, you know, just just wish her, you know, she those of you that know Erica, she plays quiet, but she's really not. Amen. <laughs> she's really not shy. So feel free to stop by, tell her happy birthday, give her a hug, amen. And uh, wish her a happy birthday. That's not too hard, right, to ask? <laughs> Amen. And then uh, secondly, I just want to give another little plug. I know that we announced it, but for the I Love My City March, this Saturday is important. Say it's important. The reason it's important is because we're going to be making signs and, uh, and putting together some, some bright, bright advertisements. And the whole purpose of this march is to gain attention. The whole purpose is to shake things up. And as we go down Winton, we're going to be crossing the freeway. And so we don't, we don't want to go out there with, with, with some cheap signs. So we're going to ask you to come give us a hand. Come give us a hand to paint. Now, I know not everyone here is an artist, right? Or, but still, just come pick up a brush. Come help us put some things together. And what's awesome is that a lot of the times when we start making these signs, you know, we were able to, God gives us quotes or gives us sayings that really catch people's attention, right? They really do. And so we want you to, to really, you know, invest and put effort into this so that as we're walking, somebody might not stop, but they might read your sign. And behind your sign, God might touch their lives. How many can say amen to that? So it's important. And so we're asking that if you can come out this Saturday, join us, give us a hand. Amen. And then one last plug. So everybody say one last plug. It's commercial time right now. Amen. Uh, right after the service, I actually left a stack of flyers um, right here on the info booth. And I, I was debating whether or not I should do this, but I'm going to give it a plug anyways. Uh, the next two weeks, we're actually doing a really, really big salvation push uh, right there in the South Garden area. And uh, we're actually, to, this Friday and then next Friday, we're bringing in some heavy testimonies. And we're really, really gearing to reach souls over the next few weeks. And we're pushing for it. And this Friday, we got a whole group of people that are coming. It isn't just one person. And uh, as if you see the flyer, my face is on it. But I'm actually not even saying a word that night. Uh, well, maybe just an introduction. But basically a whole team of individuals that, I mean, literally, literally, I mean, terrorize the streets of Hayward. I mean, a whole group of them. And each and every one of them has been saved by the power of God. Miracles. I mean, real life miracles. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, they don't share their full story or they don't really tell too much, mainly because they don't want to be incriminated. Amen. But also, you know, just 
you know, they're, they're, they're living their new lives, but we have them sharing. And so what I'm asking is this, is that if you know somebody that really, really, you say, man, I've been working on this guy or I've been praying for this person and I just can't seem to get through. They're hard-headed. Well, we want you to bring them this Friday or at least send them our way, amen? Because we believe that the power of God's gonna fall this Friday and next Friday and these people are gonna get saved. People are gonna walk through that door. And the reason that it's really something that, I, that I'm kind of throwing out there is because I actually posted the picture on Facebook and Instagram, just, you know, kind of like something that I just normally do to get the word out. But I've been getting phone calls, which is a, which is a rare occurrence when every time I post anything. But I've been getting phone calls from people that are not saved. And they're asking me more about what is this treasures out of darkness and this and this. And so we really believe that this Friday and next Friday is going to be a soul winning event. Amen. So pass the word on. Tell somebody. We don't want the people that are kind of saved. We want those ones that are not going to step foot in church and that need to hear the gospel in a way that's going to touch them. And so this, like I said, I want to encourage you. Feel free to grab some flyers on the way out. But tell somebody. Send them our way. Tell them whatever you want to tell them. Tell them got $100 gift cards. Whatever you want to tell them. But just get them there. And I know that I know that God is going to touch somebody there. And even just, a, you know, kind of just a little incentive. Uh, I can't say everything, but I will say this. This Friday, people are going to leave different. Amen. Not just spiritually, but somebody might leave engaged. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> this is not a sales pitch. This is a true story, right? Somebody might leave engaged from there. I'll leave it at that. Amen. True story. True story. Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of James with me. Everybody's wondering, like, who is it? <laughs> well, wouldn't you want to know? We are not going to Facebook Live it either. So, <laughs> amen. James 1.5. We're starting off the month of wisdom. How many can use some wisdom in your life? Every morning I ask God for wisdom because I know I need it. Amen. I know I need it. When you have James 1.5, I'm going to ask you to say amen. amen. It's actually a pretty familiar portion of scripture and I uh, just kind of want to lay it out for the month really, but lay it out here tonight as a foundation. Bible says that if any of you, somebody say any of you, lacks wisdom, let him or her ask God, who gives it generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. If any of you lacks wisdom, all you got to do is ask. Amen? So recently, and some of you may be familiar with this, or you may have heard of this, Recently, they came out with an app on the phone called FaceApp. It's an app where you take a picture of yourself, and in that picture, you can either age yourself, right? Some of you have been seeing pictures of old men. You're like, who are all these old people, right? It's a FaceApp. Now, I know there's been a, a little bit of a, a controversy over it. They said it's hacked by the Russians. So since I'm a Russian spy, I downloaded it, and I actually wanted to try it <laughs> for myself, right? I heard so much about it, but what really caught my attention is that I started seeing pictures and I just kept wondering, man, I wonder what I'm going to look like when I get older. And so I downloaded the face app, amen. And I will not post those pictures. <laughs> you will not see those on Instagram. In fact, I went into a two-week depression after that. But it's a new app that's coming out. 
it's a filter. And so what it does, just to kind of, you know, explain it, it's pretty simple. Uh, but, you know, you take a picture of yourself and, you know, you have all these filters. And you can make yourself old, you can make yourself young, you can put weird hair on you, a beard, whatever. You know, it does all kinds of stuff, right? Um, and so all of these different filters, and in fact, you, if you want to get really creative, you can buy some filters, right? It's pretty neat. You buy some filters and go crazy with it, right? Um, and so, you know, it's something that just recently came out. And the more I, I messed around with it, the more intrigued I was by it. Uh, because it just can do so many things. It can do so many things. And it really got me thinking about filters. Filters have changed the world, right? You can really, uh, nowadays, really not trust any picture because it's probably been filtered, right? Some of you know what I'm talking about because you filter your pictures, amen? <laughs> and, uh, in fact, they even came out in this new era with, uh, with hashtags, no filter, right? I mean, it's so much a part of our culture this filter thing, that it's changed the way we see things. It's actually changed the way we see things. And I'm pretty sure that almost nobody in this room knows the name Cole Rise. Anybody know that name? No, I didn't think so. <laughs> Cole Rise. However, if you've ever used Instagram or the photo filters, you've actually used his idea and his creation. Let me tell you a little bit about Cole Rise. He was an American photographer who was constantly running out of time to edit its photos, edit his photos before uploading them or sending them to print. And so he got together with this startup company called Instagram, and he basically created these filters. He created six filters, and these filters basically did part of the editing so that the photos that he took would get out faster. Now, he didn't know, as well as Instagram know, that this thing would become a common thing where filters are now not just used all the time, but almost every app will use filters now. So Cole Rise actually had a great idea, but the great idea really was just trying to make his life easier as an editor and as a, as a photographer. That's what the filter was originally for. In other words, with the right filter, even the most unqualified photographer can save himself some hours, right, fixing his mistakes. It would even make an amateur look like a professional. Huh? Make somebody that didn't really know what they were doing kind of look like they knew what they were doing. And so everyone in this room tonight, regardless of your education, regardless of your finances, your relationships, everyone in this room is equally, everybody say equally, running out of one common thing. Going somewhere with this. Every one of us are running out of one common thing, and that's time. Every one of us is running out of time. This message tonight is designed for one thing. That's to save you time. I'll say it again. This message tonight is designed for one thing, and that's to save you time. See, a wise person is someone who learns from other people's mistakes. Here tonight, you have a choice. You can either do it your way or you can do it the right way. It's all a matter of how much time you want to save. It really depends on you. See, knowledge, right, is what you learn, right? You can Google anything nowadays. You can become an, a semi-expert in just about anything. But wisdom is how you apply what you know. For example, 
I'm going to give you an example right now. Matter of fact, I'll do a visual example. Okay? Everybody awake? This right here to my right is an exit door. This is actually an emergency exit door. I don't know if you know that. In case of a fire, if you go out the, or if you push this door right here, it'll open regardless. These actually only lock from the outside. They'll never lock from the inside. This door right here is ran by what they call a crash bar. That's what this thing is. You crash into it, it opens, right? So all of these things function together. The crash bar functions. This right here has a mechanism that closes it back. It's an emergency sword, right? It works in case of a fire, right? Now, all of you just learned about an emergency door, right? So we could all sit around and say, wow, man, I know a lot about this emergency door. It's awesome. But if right now a fire broke out, right, most people would just be like, what do I do? What do I do? Wisdom is saying, open the door. <laughs> Let me push this. That's what wisdom is. See, knowledge, you can know anything about anything, about anything really. But here tonight, what I want to help you with is wisdom. Because knowledge comes and goes. Many people know about fire doors. Many people know about emergency exits. But when the fire starts, why does everybody freeze? Only certain people will go for the door and actually push it. See, we're talking about saving time. We're talking about wisdom tonight. And here tonight, I want to share a few things that I think will help us. Now, I say us. I don't refrain myself from this message, amen, at all. And see, tonight, I believe that there's different uh, filters, if you will, when it comes to wisdom. Now, remember, if you go on your phone right now, and if you have Instagram, or really any, anything nowadays, you'll see that there's multiple filters. Some make it look light, some make it look dark, some zoom in on something. And basically what it does, it just creates a window for you to look at it. And here tonight, I want to talk about different windows that when it comes to wisdom, because a lot of times people think, well, I'm, I'm wise. I have a little bit of experience under my belt. But there's different kinds of wisdom. There's different kind of windows, my friend. There's different kind of filters nowadays and I want to talk a little bit about those filters. Because when it comes to the things of God, the filters are different. See, how you live your life depends on what window you're looking at. What you do with your everyday hours spent is really, it boils down to which, what window you're looking at. What filter are you on? The Bible refers to wisdom as a she. It's crazy, yeah. It refers to wisdom as a she. Now, all the women should have said amen right there. That was a perfect spot to say amen. If you read Proverbs 8, it's actually a whole section that defines or describes wisdom as basically a, a woman. Basically, the reason it does that is this. is because it comes with much to offer. It comes, right? They're there to guide. They're there to give. They're there to nurture, right? Virtues, virtues that are similar to a mother. A mother wanting to provide for her child. Follow me here. I'm going somewhere with this, right? Wisdom is referred to as a she. As a she, almost as a mother that wants to help a child, to guide, to give, and to nurture. Wisdom is attractive. Wisdom is attractive. Wisdom is the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. Now, if you think of your life, 
And you think of how many of us have used wisdom throughout our entire life. Most of us can say it's been recently that we're actually learning wisdom. Most of us didn't have common sense, right? Most of us didn't have insight or understanding, definitely didn't have knowledge. And so we're all heading towards gaining wisdom, right? Not just knowledge, but gaining wisdom. Being able to use what we've already learned. Every Thursday and every Sunday, you learn something. If you come to church, you learn something. It's just a matter of what we do with what we learn. So tonight, I want to talk about three filters. Everybody say three filters of wisdom. In fact, I really want to encourage you to write these three down right now and read it later on, but I'm going to go over them. There's three wisdoms or three filters of wisdom that I want to really kind of just talk about. The first one is self-wisdom. Self-wisdom. The second one is worldly wisdom. And the third one is godly wisdom. All three wisdoms can exist in a person. I'll say it again. All three filters can exist in you sitting here tonight. All three filters can exist in me standing here tonight. See, all of us will see through one of these filters. You're either seeing through your self-wisdom, you're either seeing through your worldly wisdom, or you're seeing through your godly wisdom. It just depends on where you're at that day. All of us want to strive to look through the right filter. How many can say amen? Each day, each decision we make, every word we speak, Every act we carry out will reflect our filter. I want you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 14, verse 2, verse 12, excuse me. We're going to be talking about self-wisdom tonight. Self-wisdom. Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to man, but it's the end, excuse me, but in its end is the way to death. Some of you may have a different translation. There is a way. Everybody say there is a way. Doesn't say it's the right way, but it says there is a way. Huh? There's always a way. There's always a way. Doesn't necessarily mean it's the right way, but there's always a way. See, self-wisdom, when you really think about it, right? Remember, we're not talking about knowledge right now, right? Google can teach you anything. Wisdom has to do with experience. It has to do with you being able to use what you know. And when it comes to self-wisdom, each and every one of us has this self-wisdom within our lives. We have a way this seems right to us, right? You can tell by what we do in our own lives, right? We all dress different. We talk different. We do different habits, right? Each of us has a way that seems right to us. And when it comes to self-wisdom, It has to do really ultimately with what benefits us personally, right? Now, it isn't a bad thing to want the best for your life. How many can say amen to that? It isn't isn't a bad thing. However, when it comes to self-wisdom, really what we're talking about here today is the decisions that we make that ultimately benefit us over everything else. See, a lot of us in this room would like to say, well, I'm not selfish. I don't believe in putting myself before others. But the truth is, when it comes to wisdom, most of us, most of us, if not all of us at one point or another, have made decisions that were best for us over others, right? You ever just want a quiet moment in the day, 
right? Just, I just need, just give me an hour, right? Just give me five minutes, right? I know moms do, right? Just give me a few minutes. See, self-wisdom will always do what's best for yourself. The Bible describes this way that it seems right. See, when it comes to taking care of ourselves, there's different methods that basically produce a result. The method that we're talking about tonight is the method that basically puts self above others. When you look in the Bible and you look at the men throughout the book of Judges, you look at the women throughout the book of Judges, they put themselves above the law, put themselves above God, right? They did things, even if you look at the story of Samuel, or excuse me, Saul, you see that he put himself above the law. He put himself above what he knew was right. And that right there is an example of self-wisdom. See, I want you to think about something here tonight. And when it comes to self-wisdom, this way that seems right to us, usually, usually someone else will have to pay for that decision. Tell the person next to you, somebody else. See, there's always something that's going to lack when it comes to self-wisdom. When you come and you choose yourself above others, someone else will always lose out. Sometimes God will put us in a predicament and he'll put us in a situation that requires us to choose between ourselves and others. In fact, I would say most of the times God will put us in a situation to break us out of this kind of wisdom. He'll put us in a choice where we have to choose what's best for us or what's best for the overall. What's best for us or what's best for the family. What's best for us or what's best for the church or the ministry. See, self-wisdom is something that we all start out really thinking about. Not just thinking about, but wanting to take care of. We want to take care of ourselves. We want to, the best, we come to the Lord looking for a better life for ourselves. But the truth is, as we come, it begins to change. Wisdom says, you know what? It's no longer about you. It's about others. See, self-wisdom is the first step to really developing godly wisdom. You come in, you want the best for yourself, but then God turns it around and said, look it, this is not the only way. So when it says there is a way that seems right to man, what it ultimately is saying is this, is that the things that are best for you, they're still good for you. But just because it's benefiting you doesn't mean that it's going to benefit or ultimately carry out the plan of God in your life. The second thing is worldly wisdom. I want you to turn to James 3.15 with me. Book of James, chapter 3. Book of James, chapter 3, verse 15. When you have it, say amen. The Bible says, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and some versions say demonic. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. This world that we live in 
has its own wisdom. It has its own set of rights and wrongs. And as Christians, we live in this world. We live in this set of wisdom that is right to everyone else. Now, I'm not really big into politics, but even right now in this world, we're experiencing a political system that thinks certain things are right. They go contrary to what God's word says. See, worldly wisdom, it has to do with what the majority of the culture, the majority of the world is okay, basically co-signing. And I want you to understand something, that even though we live in this world, and even though we function in this world, how many know we're not of this world? How many know that this is not, this is just a temporary place, amen? We're, we're just passing through. And when it comes to worldly wisdom, this is a filter. Because a lot of times we're put in situations where we have to make that decision. Do we go with what everybody says it's okay, right? Do we co-sign something that the world says is okay? Or do we stand up for what is right, right? See, worldly wisdom It'll always go with the flow. And when it comes, now, this wasn't a really big deal in my life until I had kids. Amen? Until I had kids. Me, myself, I've always been able to be outside of what everyone else thought was popular. But when you have kids, it's a little bit different, right? It's a little bit different because your kids live in a society that's a lot different than what we grew up in. How many can say amen to that? We grew up in a whole different world. In fact, growing up, I was taught to be different. I was taught to stand out. I was taught to do things that basically were right. However, when you look at the schools here today, you have gender neutral bathrooms, right? You have a lot of different things that are going on that basically are making things a lot harder for our kids today. So when it comes to a parent and you have to deal with these things, then you really realize that, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Am I going to go with this wisdom that seems right? Right? The whole world is going with it. In fact, one of the things that we dealt with in our family is that we had teachers that were teaching our kids. They were teaching them things that we didn't agree with, teaching them things that we ourselves did not go with. And so as we went and we did this and we, we experienced these things, we had to make that choice. Are we going to teach our kids to do what God says is right, or are we going to go with this worldly wisdom? See, I want you to understand something, that when you come into the house of God, a lot of these different traits or these different wisdom uh, thoughts or even patterns will follow us. And a lot of times, God is trying to do something in our lives. God is trying to break our mold of what the world thinks is right, right? We want to, we want to get out of those ways of thinking. God's trying to break it. But these worldly wisdom thoughts, these filters, they come into our lives and we're seeing things like, man, this doesn't make sense. I'll give you a perfect example when it comes to giving. I'm going to say amen. When it comes to giving, there's a worldly way of thinking. In fact, one of the hardest things for us to really realize and to understand is the way God's finances work. See, the world says to save everything that you get. It says to spend money, to invest in your future, get a 401k and do all these other things, right? Then we come to the house of God and the house of God teaches us to give. The house of God teaches us to invest, to pledge and to do other things. So you have a combat, you have a, you have a war going on when it comes to the worldly wisdom, 
right? Because it's telling us this doesn't make sense. However, it's a filter that we can come in to the house of God with. So again, like the self-wisdom, where God will put us in a situation to break it, God will always put us in a situation to break our worldly wisdom. Now I want to really quickly pause right here because I want to really encourage you. If you don't know the word of God, right? If you really don't know the word of God, when it comes to trying to understand things outside of the worldly filter, then it's going to be a lot harder. See, a lot of times, especially in my early years as a Christian, I would come to church and I would hear things or people would tell me things and I didn't really understand it. It didn't make sense to me. But as I began to read the word of God, I said, oh, wait a minute. This is not just so-and-so's idea. This is not just so-and-so's train of thought. This is not just so-and-so's opinion. This is actually the word of God. And so as God begins to change this filter of the world, you're able to line it up with God's word and you see why it makes sense, why I should do these things. And then I want you to turn, well, we're actually there, 317, James 317. The last filter is godly wisdom. It says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. See, self-wisdom takes care of us. Worldly wisdom will go with the flow. Godly wisdom is God's direction from above. As we go through our lives, I want you to understand something. There's a thing and a way that seems right. There's a way that seems common. And there's God's divine will for our lives. And ultimately, this is what God wants our filter to be. He wants us to understand godly wisdom. He wants us to understand that even though we may have a way that seems right to us, even though there's a way that may even seem right to the culture or everyone around us, ultimately there's a way that he says is right. There's a way that he says is right. See, we're talking about filters tonight. We're talking about seeing through a lens. And here tonight, everything that you've gone through, everything that you've learned, Everything that you've experienced, you're seeing out of one of these filters. You may hear things over this pulpit. You may hear things or experiencing things. But unless you see through godly wisdom, unless you're seeing through this filter of godliness, then you're not going to see things the way God wants them to be. Remember, we're talking about saving time, right? That's what this whole message was about. And as you go through your life and you go through your experiences, I want you to understand something that if you are stuck in seeing things your way, if you're stuck in seeing things the way other people think, if you're stuck in those filters, your life is just spinning. Your your wheels are just turning. God wants us to see things the way he has planned for our lives. Wisdom from above is pure. Wisdom from above. Now I want you to ask yourself here tonight, what is it that you're seeing right now in your life? Some of you, you're just seeing what's best for you. You're just seeing the wisdom that really is benefiting yourself. It it, it may be something with your family, maybe something with your life, 
And all the decisions in your life are really revolving around you. Or some of you in this room, maybe you're dealing with the worldly wisdom. You're dealing with the pressures from around. You're dealing with the things that are going on in your family's life or even in your life. And these things are help, they're, they're blurring your vision. It's shaping the way you think. It's clouding godly wisdom. But here tonight, our push and our goal, I believe, even for this month, is to help us understand that we need godly wisdom. We need to understand what it is that God wants for our lives. We need to understand what it is that God approves and God wants us to do. See here tonight, whatever your filter is, we're all striving to get to the godly filter, to understand that pure direction from above. And I want you to understand something when it comes to wisdom and when it comes to what it is that God's trying to teach us. Ultimately, the more, or shall I say, the longer we take to get to that filter, the more time we'll waste. And one of the most memorable moments throughout my entire life, it's a reoccurring moment, but one of the most memorable moments was I used to go through a financial issue throughout my life. Ever since I was young, I always wanted to provide for myself, always wanted to hustle for myself, always wanted to be the make-it-happen guy. And I would always find myself in debt. I would always find myself spinning my wheels. I would find myself having troubles or whatever it was. I always found myself in the same rut. And a very, very wise person would tell me all the time, Eric, one of these days, you're going to pass this test. But until then, you're going to keep coming back in a circle and you're going to have to deal with this. It'll be a different time, a different face, maybe even a different trial. But until you get through this and see things God's way, you're going to keep coming back to this. And I believe that many of us tonight, we're in that circle. We're in that pattern where we're seeing things through the same filters. Nothing is changing. Nothing is working. Nothing is functioning. It's just not, it's not panning out, right? We look at our lives as Christians and we think things should be better. How come things are not going the way they should be? Or... Am I the only one who ever, has ever thought that? I've thought that before. Man, how come things, why, why am I broke? Why am I going through this? Huh? Why are these trials in my life right now? But the truth is, it's because I was doing things through a bad filter. I, I was making decisions through a bad filter. I, I, was, I was acting out through a bad filter. I was seeing things that seemed right to me, making decisions that seemed right to me. The closer I get, not, I don't want to say the closer I get to death, <laughs> the older I get, <laughs> let, me, let me put it that way, the older I get, the more my view changes. And I think I, I've said this before that, you know, every year that passes things, my perspective's changing. And as, you know, if you talk to the Eric 20 years ago, 25 years ago, it's a different Eric. Eric had these crazy ambitions and wild and wild plans and, and, and they were, you know, I, I would say the majority were good ambitions, were good plans. However, that person had a different perspective. And the older I get, the more I just want to please God. My ambitions and my plans and my desires are all found in pleasing God. I'm starting to realize as the years pass, if I just please God, 
if I just fulfill the will of God, then everything else that I desire is in that. It changes. It changes over time. It changes. Now, do I go through moments of self-wisdom? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I hit the wall every time, like many of you. Do I hit moments of worldly wisdom where I sit down and I think, man, you know, look at this one. Look at that one. This makes sense to do this. this may, let's go buy a timeshare. Let's go do worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom, right? I mean, I could expound on these things, but I'm just touching on them because I think most of us have found ourselves in this place before. We found ourselves where we see things that, man, you know, they affect what we do. But ultimately, godly wisdom says this. God has a plan, and his plan will prevail in our lives. His plan will come if we allow it to, if we see things through God's filter, if we, if we read the word of God, if we listen to counsel, if we, we open our minds and our hearts to his filter, then God will show us, hey, I got something for you. I have a path for your life. I have a direction for your life. I have something that I want for you specifically. And here tonight, I want to... I leave you with this as they come to the piano I want to leave you with this it's about time I said it earlier that all of us are running out of time equally all of us time is ticking I don't know how many of you got another 15 years to waste time I don't I don't know how many of you have another 20 years to spin in circles to bump your head and to keep doing things through the filter you've been doing them through. But my prayer is this, is that you would see things through God's filter. That here tonight, as you hear this message, that you would understand that even though it may seem wise, it still may be the wrong filter. Even though it may be a good thing, it may not be the right thing. Because you can have both. You can do a good thing. It doesn't mean it's the right thing. Don't we want what's right for our lives? I mean, aren't we at the point in our lives where we want to do what's right? Not what's convenient, not what seems wise, not what we've heard works, but what really works, what God has specifically for us, it works. There's something that works for your life. I don't know what it is but there's something specifically that works for your life. For me, I know what it works. I know what type of relationship with God works with me. Here tonight, my prayer is that you would see things through God's filter. I'm asking everybody to bow your heads. It's never easy. It's never easy telling somebody you're seeing things wrong. These are the kind of messages that make you nervous. Because everyone likes to think that they're making the right choices. Nobody wants to see things that their life spinning in circles but the truth is some of us tonight are spinning in circles and it isn't because we don't know you can't blame it on you don't know 
Because we know. Most of us know we hear wisdom. We hear God's way over and over and over. We hear messages. We hear God telling us, this is the right way. But we're still trying to look through this filter and it doesn't make sense. And so here tonight, I believe God wants to change your filter. God wants to change your perspective. It, it, it isn't because I think it's a good idea. Look at your life. Look at where you're at right now. Is this where you want to be? Are you happy with where you're at? Or can you use a change in perspective? Because as I prayed and I prepared, that's what kept ringing and ringing and ringing in my spirit. It's all about perspective. It's all about a filter. It's all about what, you're, what lens you're looking through tonight. And I would dare say that many are looking through the wrong lens. Some of you have been looking through the wrong lens for a long time. But that could change tonight. It could change tonight. So as we begin to worship, worship team can begin to worship. If you say, you know what, listen, I can use a change in perspective. I can use a change in the way I see things. I'm seeing things through self-wisdom. I'm seeing things through worldly wisdom. It's not making sense. But I want to change that. And as we stand, let's all stand. I'm going to ask you to slip out of your seat and make your way to this altar.